what's this episode called? Someone's watching. Somebody's watching. Some the way I wrote someone's watch, which someone's is watch. neither yes, somebody's word. Watch. That's the name. Neither it's somebody's watching, and I was like, yeah, 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 somebody's watch. Someone's watching. <laughs> Hello, B. Oh, is this our intro? Yeah. Hey, James. Nold. Yes. Do you want to talk about season one, episode 18? Somebody's watching of Criminal Minds for our podcast, Wheels Up? I would love to do that. Oh, a very much more subdued intro than we usually get. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like, yeah, somebody is watching. I did watch this episode, um, but I wasn't funny enough in time. And that's about all we can say about this episode. I'm not going to lie to you. It's just like a... Okay, I have in some... in fact, watch this app. I have some thoughts. There are some problematic... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Representations. My... Oh, I have uh, two notes on my sticky... On my sticky note for this time. Mm-hmm. And about three-fourths of the page is taken up by just me saying, the lesbian, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> in very large font. You know what it is, though? You know what it is, though? There are two lesbians in this episode. There are two lesbians. The most rep we've ever had. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most rep in one episode while simultaneously being like the worst app. The it's worst representation. Like, we can. I mean, it's it's at the very beginning of the episode. We can talk about it. But yeah. that fucking. Okay. There are okay. like, okay. Let's get there. Let's get there. Yeah. Why don't you walk Just me into quick. it here yeah. so I can go on my little tangent. That We're I'm in Los Angeles. Go. We're in Los Angeles, California. Gideon and Reed are in town for like a training with the LAPD. They are at an art gallery. Um, This guy named, hold on, I his Peter name Dunley. Parker Dunley. Parker Dunley. Parker Dunley, <laughs> who went to high school with Reed. And Parker, like, comes over to Reed and Gideon. And he's like, Spencer, my man, Spencer. And, like, like does, like, a hug. And Spencer's like, yeah, ha, ha, who, who, super awkward. <laughs> and then Parker Dunley is like, Reed was the only 12-year-old in our gla- graduating class. And then, like, five times he says, you look exactly the same. You haven't changed. You look the same. Wow, Spencer Reed, the same. And then he like walks away. And oh, and Reed is like, this is special agent Jason Gideon. And and he does a very formal introduction. Yeah, I think he's trying to like show off like I'm friends with the FBI. I'm in the FBI. Um, but it doesn't come off like that because it's Reed. And then he says that Jason Gideon's a big fan of contemporary art, which like he's a fan of art about birds. Birds are contemporary, don't you know? Birds are very cutting edge, just like, in general. The concept yeah. of birds, so oh, contemporary. So you know, the, the scenes I'm thinking about where we see Jason talking about art, they haven't happened yet. But like we learned later, this is not a spoiler, except I guess if you really care about Jason Gideon facts. Um, his like for fun thing to do is to go to the Smithsonian and look at original artworks they have there of all birds. That's like his fun thing to do. Like, I don't think that makes him a fan of contemporary art. It really doesn't. And nothing 
in his office screams like contemporary art lover. No. Nothing in like his apartment when we see it later screams like I love contemporary art. He's a train collecting lover of bird art. He's a bird art guy. Yeah, and he but he does like collect model trains. Like we do learn he does collect model trains, which is like fucking such weird. a fucking Jason Gideon. Like why? Like why? And we never learn why. We never learn like what it is about trains he likes. We just end up like seeing Somebody else ends up like in his apartment and we see he's got a shit ton of fucking model trains. Um, just kind of like around. You know, as you do. As you do, you know, cool. Um, as you do. Yeah. Anyway, big fan of contemporary art. And then Parker Donnelly's all like, oh my God, I've got to get you look at, to look at some things. Everything's on sale. Like I can get you a discount. And then Lila walks in. <laughs> Lila, who is definitely in other things, but every time I see her, I'm like, you're that actress, <laughs> you know, and she's young and she's beautiful. It's Amber Heard, right? Is the actress. Oh, that's, that's her name. who it is. And every time I saw her, I was like, wait, that's Amber Heard. What are you doing here in Criminal Minds, Amber she's Heard? Way too famous to be in Criminal Minds. <laughs> but also now she is deeply problematic, right? Um, I think so. No, she is. Um, she very much is problematic now. Well, I. it depends on whose side of the divorce case you're on, right? Oh, I love messy divorces. But yeah, yeah. no, it's Amber Heard. That's why, yes, you, that's that's why. why you know that you, you know She's her from somewhere. She's in real life. Love that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you think that you know her from somewhere because you do. Because she's actually a like very... a celebrity. Yeah, yeah she's so, actually a celebrity. She walks in and she's like the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, not new to Hollywood, but like still kind of becoming famous Lila Archer. Uh, and then she walks in with her friend, who is, <laughs> I want to describe her. She's somehow, she walks in and then the next cut, she has a glass of wine in her hand. She's got like glasses, but they're like, they're up not on her head, but like at the top of her forehead. And then she's like, the curly, obviously dyed a dark red, uh-huh. bushy hair. She's like goth, but in like a sexual way. She looks exactly like a 2005 stereotype of lesbians. Looks. LA lesbians. Yeah, like she exactly. could 100% be a character at the L word. You know, yeah. like one of the ones Shane like dates and ditches. Like 100%. Okay, <laughs> Go. Should I, just, should I describe this our conversation bitch. with Gideon? Or do you want to do it? This fucking bitch. I swear <laughs> to God, this bitch. It's not her fault. It's the writer. It's not her fault, but the writing in this conversation is so god-awful. Ugh. She starts talking to Gideon, and it is immediately obvious that she has daddy issues. She says it. She explicitly says it. And... <laughs> Not even in, like, the fun spank me daddy kind of issues. In, like, go to therapy daddy issues. She literally, like... Get help. So (laughs) she's, like, she's, like, looking at her art, which Gideon is, like, no, art's not boring. Like, you can look at it and tell all about a person and their obsession and, like, blah, blah, blah. It was a very boring piece of art. Um, (laughs) It was. It was so boring. It was so stupid. Um, No wonder nobody bought it. And then Gideon's looking at it, though, and he says this thing, and she, like, looks at him and goes, if I weren't a lesbian... Oh, I wrote it down. 
if I weren't a lesbian, I'd jump your bones. And she's like, I have a thing for middle-aged men who are therapists like my father and you have piercing eyes. I can see myself reflected in them and God, I am hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. Go to therapy. Please, dear God, talk to somebody about your problems, girl. I am not. Here's the thing. Yeah. I can excuse fun spank me daddy issues. I can excuse it. Like, sure, have a good time, live your life. But then when you get to, like, this level, I'm like, get help. Listen, I am not somebody who will ever say, like, don't identify as a lesbian if you're going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to say that. Identify however you want. But this is so clearly a character that is supposed to be that stereotype of, like, an artist in L.A. calling herself a lesbian but is still going to throw herself at men constantly. Like you can tell that like this character, like is not a lesbian. This character is using that label for the attention of it, you know? Cause now like if Gideon were the type of man, he could be like, Ooh, this young hot lesbian wants me, even though I'm like an older guy, you know, like she's using it as like a, an extra cherry on top of her willingness to um, sleep with a man, which is fine. But like, I got to think about the people who wrote this character, the men yeah. in the room who wrote this character. Yeah. You know, this I just. This was absolutely written by a man and you can tell. Oh, it's just bad thing after bad thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> I don't trust men named Ed who write criminal minds. There's a few Eds that come through criminal minds. Ed Gein? No, this is Ed Napier. N-A-P-I-E-R. No, that was a joke. Ed Gein's a serial killer. Why do you... Yeah. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> me specifically? Love... How could you do this to me specifically? Me the person. I love being just a brick wall where all comedy goes to die. <laughs> I love it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know, one of us here has to play the straight man, and sometimes, unfortunately, that's me. Yeah, I'm never going to play a straight man. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Anyway, backing up just a little bit. Reed, there's a cute moment where, like, the guy's like, oh, my God, Lila, and he, like, goes over, and Reed looks at Gideon and says, I don't look 12, do I? And Gideon says, no. Maybe 14. <laughs> And I was like, that's funny, Gideon. So true, actually, though. Gideon, this whole scene, Gideon is so clearly out of his depth, like, does not want to be there. But you know that Reed was like, since we're in town, one of my friends from high school owns an art gallery and he's having a show. And I think it'd be nice to go see him. Do you want to go with me, Gideon? And Gideon's like, Yes. Fuck, I guess. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, fuck. Okay. Okay. So he goes with Spencer. He does not, he so clearly does not want to be there. He does not give two shits about this friend from high school. The girls show up and he just like walks away. And then um, we get Lila is introduced to Spencer. Spencer is stuttering so much. He's like, ah, it, it, 
Dr. Spencer, I mean, you can call me Spencer, you don't have to call me doctor. And then it does cut to Lila's friend, whose name I couldn't tell you, the lesbian, who is looking at him like, bruh. <laughs> She's giving him the judgiest, like, what is your problem? Like, look, and I, I do appreciate that. Um, same, honestly. Uh, but then Lila. Oh my and- God, the lesbian's name was Pinky Robertson. Okay, but that's a good name for a lesbian. Sorry, I just pulled up the IMDb for this. Pinky <laughs> Robertson. Oh, I am changing my legal name again, and I am changing it to Pinky Robertson. <laughs> that is very funny. No, I, my wife would divorce me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I got yeah. really distracted by Pinky Robertson. That's a great name. Do you think her real name is Pinky? Or do you think that's short for something else? Or just a whole new Absolutely short for something boring like Patricia. Yes. You're so (laughs) right. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. uh, Reed and Lila are talking. Reed, Reed says they're doing a training service for the LAPD, which is cool. We get another one of these, like, look at them doing real FBI things. Um, yeah. It does stop after this season. Um, Gideon, yeah, talking with a lesbian, whatever, middle-aged man, dad was a shrink. Gideon says nothing. And then Reed and Gideon Lila- just runs away. Can yeah. we talk about that? Well, he just she, leaves. She's pinky, is like, I have to go, I'll be right back, stay right here. And he's like, mm-hmm. And then it cuts to like uh, Reed and Lila talking, and then Gideon just goes, we gotta go. Reed, we gotta go. And he like turns around and looks back, and Reed's not there, and he goes, Reed? We're leaving now. Read now. And Reed's like trying to say goodbye. And he's like, read now. We are leaving now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I laughed. That was peak Gideon com- comedy. Gideon it's saying, no, we're done. Comedy. Bye. But also, <coughs> G- Gideon's homophobic, right? Like, that's just something oh, that was yes, proven, yes, right? Yes, yes, like, yes, yes, he's yes. just running away from every queer person oh, yes. he meets, right? Okay. Like, the discomfort he has when Reed is like, let's go meet a friend, Parker, from high school. And then, like, a guy walks over and Gideon's just like, "Mm, nothing, no words at all to this man. And just... (laughs) No, I I do think Gideon's a little homophobic, unfortunately. Not even, like, a little, like, a lot. Like, a lot of homophobic. I'm sorry, it takes a lot of steps to just get to the point where you're just comfortable running away from queer people. Just He never likes Emily. <laughs> he yeah, never exactly. warms up to her. And he I says, don't know as oh, though no, he warms you. up to L either. He and L have a couple of conversations, but he does look very uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. And him and Penelope. He tolerates Reed because all of Reed's love interests until he leaves are women for the most part. So I feel like he's like, this kid's If like, I just ignore it, it'll go right, away. This kid's gay, but he's hiding it, so that's fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Bisexual king, Spencer Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bisexual king. Um, okay, they have to run away. Um, what else? Oh, Gideon, oh. What does Gideon think is going to happen to him if we he have to doesn't go now. run away from a gay person? What does he think is going to happen? I just like love the idea that if he stayed there and she came back, he would end up sleeping with her. He's like, if I don't leave right now, I will end up in bed with this woman. Gideon, the like 60-year-old, cannot turn down this 
20 year old with daddy issues like what is the like, <laughs> what are you afraid stop of stop running Gideon? away from people old man you're gonna fucking ruin your hip uh, don't stop go, and then when, go back to the nursing home <laughs> and then when pinky pinky does show up later at the end of the episode and gideon comes in and she's like oh and he's like we need to talk to parker and she's like no hello makes sense i didn't get a goodbye <laughs> and gideon's just like <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> No, it's bad. It's bad. It's hilarious and it's awful. It's so sadly funny in a way. Okay, so while while Reed and Lila and Pinky and Gideon and Parker are all standing there, the paparazzi starts taking pictures of Lila and Lila's all like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Like, (laughs) the paparazzi (laughs) taking pictures of me, okay? Um, And then Parker does chase the paparazzi out. That's important. It comes up later. Okay. And I wrote also JJ type, meaning Lila. Reed went, oh, pretty blonde. Remind me of pretty blonde at work I can't have. <laughs> we'll crush on. <laughs> it's so... Yeah. They didn't even awesome. try to hide it. Because she's just... JJ's like in two scenes this episode. Yes. They literally were like, we cannot have JJ and Lila in the same room. Or else we will People have to will acknowledge... will get confused. Yes. One, they will get confused. Two, Reed will have to be like, Ah, shit, I got a fucking type. (laughs) And then, and then after all the romantic stuff happens with Lila, Reed then has to go back home and continue to work with JJ, who now is like, oh, I get it, right? Oh, you just have a type, yeah. Oh, I see, you came after me because, oh, I get it. Now I have to live the rest of my life knowing that you do have a crush on me, though. Um, So I, I appreciate that, at least, that they didn't, um put them in the same room but it meant that we got absolutely no jj no jj this episode all right so we cut to the training with the lapd reed says they do this kind of like um cross cutting between two scenes where reed is talking about like the most important part of profiling or really any investigative technique is victimology you know victim comes from the latin word meaning sacrifice um and Gideon's like we have to ask why this victim why now what did um what did the victim do to provoke it or did the unsub just see that victim as weak like what was going on and so while that's happening we see this blonde girl woman um waiting for her script and the courier comes to the door and the woman is like, oh, you're going to give me the script? And then the courier, like, you know, pulls out a gun. And they're wearing, like, a motorcycle helmet that's, like, blacked out so you can't see their face at all. And they, like, come in with a gun and, like, they're screaming. And then, like, in another one of these cuts, the um, fiancé comes home and is all like, huh, what's going on? And then he sees her, like, she's sitting on the couch, gunshot to the head. And he's like, Natalie! Natalie! And then the courier's like, I'm still here. His knees. He's like on his yeah. knees in front yeah. of her yelling. Yelling, Natalie! Uh, and then the courier is like, I am still here though. And shoots him twice in the chest. Um, yeah. It's um, not a very like climactic murder scene, is it? No, it's just it's... sort of like there and happens. Yeah. I feel like this whole episode just kind of happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay, then the detective, Kim, I think his name is, um, is going to drive Reed and Gideon to the airport. There's this cute little scene where they're like, oh, you don't have to drive us. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It was nice of you to come out. Uh, but then he does get a phone call. 
about what happened. And he tells them, like, Natalie Ryan just got shot. Like, it's a celebrity death. Like, it's kind of a deal. And he's like, hey, would you guys mind taking a look at the crime scene? It's on their way to the airport. And they're like, oh, yeah, obviously, of course, let's go. So they go. Um, They notice that it's the same gun. Oh, there were three or two other deaths. This is the third. The first was a film producer. The second was another actress. And now Natalie Ryan. Um, So they talk about that, that it's all been with the same gun. And then they talk about how Natalie Ryan and her fiance were both shot with the same gun, but they were different MOs. Um, And they keep like conspicuously calling the unsub him. He had her sit. He pointed the gun at her. He shot her in the head. Like they keep like, I noticed it a lot. Like maybe it's because I knew the unsub was a woman, but it was very much like they didn't say like the unsub, the killer. It was always like, he did this, he did that, he did this. Yeah, you're right. Like they really, most of the times they're better with saying they, or they, they usually. The unsub, the killer, you know. Yeah, they're usually much more. Uh, the attacker would have done this. Gender you know? neutral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this time they specifically, he, I noticed that every time it's a female, um, I keep wanting to say perpetrator, like this is fucking person of interest. Um, <laughs> victim God, or what perpetrator. I wouldn't give to, <laughs> what I wouldn't give to be watching person of interest instead of this episode of Criminal Minds. I know. Ugh. Uh, instead of saying the, uns- like when they have female unsubs, they usually are like really heavy on the, he 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 so that like it distracts you and then when it's a guy on sub they're just like the on sub <laughs> yeah yeah i love that they think they're slick yes. they think they're so slick. i'm on to you criminal minds i'm on to you also i just have to mention the detective who is it detective kim kim yeah. that's with them yeah so cute oh my god he's so, so adorable cute. i have he a note back in a later episode he's just so cute yeah i do love him Listen, I know I'm a lesbian and don't like men, but also he's kind of cute. He's kind of <laughs> cute and I do like his face. If I weren't a lesbian, <laughs> I'd jump his bones. <laughs> he's also Ooh. from Minnesota, which is a fun thing that I just learned from looking Ooh. at his IMDb page. Good Shout out him. to a good state. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to a good state. <laughs> Shout out to Minnesota, a state that I love dearly and a state gonna... that does stick with my accent so hard. I was going to say like, Shout out to the Midwest. Shout out to the Midwest. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I got distracted by how cute this guy was. Continue. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. I can't say it doesn't happen to me. I have a million notes about JJ. <laughs> uh, there's paparazzi outside and Detective Kim is like, welcome to LA. Uh, so then they mentioned the gun is a mafia weapon and there was no sexual components to the crime. And Gideon says like serial and Detective Kim is like, oh, you think we do have a serial killer? And... Gideon says, I think we have a series of murders. I don't know if we if they're serial. That threw me the fuck off. I was like, why are you making that distinction? Also, like, this never happens again. Like, wait, you have three people killed. All of them are in the movie industry. Two of them are the same victim type. All shot with the same kind of weapon in the same place. Like, that's a serial. No, no evidence left. Like that's serial. That's a that's the signature. Also, L says later that they don't have a signature. And I was like, we just had a scene where they described why we think these cases are connected because they all have the same signature. Like some episodes 
some episodes they they have to work for it to establish it as like a serial, right? Because yes. like either murder locations are different, the victimology is all over the place, or there's no right. like consistent signature. This one, it's like right here. And yeah. yet they're like, we don't know if this is a serial killer yet, you guys. We don't know. We can't tell. We can't be sure. And then they just like immediately drop it and they're like, yeah, okay, it's probably a serial. Yeah, like, okay. okay. It's enough alike. What was the point then? Yeah, like actually I think um, the episode with the blindfolds was one like that where they were like, we got to call this a pattern. You know, like the victims aren't connected. Like there's none of this, there's none of that. But like there's enough in common, the blindfolds, the thing in the ear, like that's a serial killer. So here, how is it that they have like so many connections and they just decide there's no signature? It was odd. I don't know. Okay, then we cut to the plane. We do have curly hair JJ. Um, I thought this was kind of cute. She's like getting herself a cup of coffee and Elle is all like scrunched up in a chair eating a sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, this is cute. This is a very like slice of life little plane ride that yeah, we have. It's like the beginning of like the plane as a second home, you know? Yeah. But like getting They're finally there. like loosening up. They're like, okay guys, we yeah. can eat on the plane. Because yeah. we are adults. As long as you clean up yeah. after yourselves, you can eat on the plane. Yeah. It like gets to the point where they like are basically like wearing pajamas on the flight yeah. home. You know, they're all like Emily's in her like Uggs, sweatpants, big knit sweater. <laughs> She's got a blanket. Like JJ also has her like big blanket wrap and her like, you know, big thick socks. And she's like drinking her little coffee. Like they get to the point where they're like, this is our bedroom. <laughs> yeah, they get to like, the point you know, where they're like, bedroom. we have four boxes of takeout pizza here. Right. Let's everybody just like sleep <laughs> yeah. over, like let's yeah. sleep over this shit out. <laughs> like it gets to the point where they're like, Reed, you fell asleep in the chair. Why don't you go sleep on the couch? Like they get to that point, but this is just kind of like, hey, Al, what if you like <laughs> ate a sandwich on the plane? Like, how wild would that be? Ooh. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, we get to the point where they're like drinking Rossi's alcohol on the plane, but here they're like, one of you gets a cup of coffee, one of you gets to eat some bread. Like, anyway, they're on the plane. They're like, okay, the killer has to know this. It's it's Derek L. Hotch JJ on the plane. Mm-hmm. And Reed and Gideon are already there. Um, Penelope's in like one scene at the end of this episode. Okay. The killer knows the schedule. The killer knows how to blend in. Um, I actually wrote down, oh, is JJ going to be more involved? Because she says the media are calling it the biggest celebrity murder since Sharon Tate. Everyone is going to be watching us. And I wrote that down and I was like, oh, this is going to be like a JJ episode because it's all about like the media, media. and about paparazzi and, and somebody's rags. watching yeah yeah and i was like oh we're gonna get primo our first like jj media liaison no she's not in this episode <laughs> like what a waste just make his love interest brunette and we'd have this whole problem solved lila but- archer does not show up again in a single episode she's never mentioned ever again why why do we sacrifice JJ, a main character? She's not even a guest star. She's not even a reoccurring role. She's a main cast member. Fuck, I hate Reed for this shit. Why does he always get this shit? Ugh. 
I know this is an audio medium, so you can't see what Jay just did, but they were just sort of like flapping their arms like an indignant bird. I'm like, overstimulated. Like a really pissed off bird. I have a lot of feelings and they, I don't know how to get them out of my body. So true. Anyway. Tell me what happens next. I will tell you what happens next. Okay, Thank I will you. say though, it's you're welcome. It's very cute. They're in the detective's office and Elle is like in a chair, leg like, all curled up in her chair. Reed is like, he's standing, but one of his legs is like bent to be on top of a filing cabinet. And he's like all like crunched up because he's just such a long, awkward boy. I feel um, like, you know, when uh, you were in school and you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing in like an empty classroom and somebody was like, shit, somebody's coming. Act natural. natural. <laughs> and then Reed's just like, oh, yes, this is natural. I'm natural. Guys, don't worry about it. I'm so natural. Yeah, that's Reed that's at all the, times. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Gideon refused to sit. And then Hunter and Derek were just like sitting in chairs like regular people. <laughs> So um, true. So the true. two regular dudes. Yeah, Hotch and Derek are like the only regular dudes in the show. And Hotch is, <laughs> it's a fine line for Hotch. In season one, Hotch is a regular dude. Um, okay. They say there's no evidence. There's no DNA. No sign of psychosexual release. Um, and no signature. And I wrote like, it's the same gun. They're shot the same way. They're all in the same community. They were all stalked. There was no evidence at all. Those are, I think, signatures. Anyway, then we learn about the four types of assassins. Yeah. I was like, sorry, why are they assassins? Because of the no evidence? So we've decided it's an assassin. It's weird. They're not even they're not even shot execution style. Execution style is on their knees, gun shot in the back of the head. So it's not even execution. It's like what what what? And then they describe them. Let me describe you these four types of, okay, of okay. assassins. Okay. One, political assassin, John Wilkes Booth is the example. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Two is egocentric. They want to make a name for themselves. So true. So true. Three is a psychopath, typically messy. And four, they have a major mental disorder and are delusional. The types two through four are just every type of killer we see on criminal minds but they never mention them as types of assassins again do we ever get like a no. like a hitman episode i think we do i'm not gonna say no to that it's 15 seasons um but i can't think of any of that in my head but we get plenty of psychopath messy killers we've had plenty we've gotten the egocentric one um you know like think of the bio weapon one guy who like i want yeah. them, the company to know what they did to me you know and then we've gotten major mental disorders like the cannibal one and the angel boy singing like i just don't understand why this time they're assassins i don't know i think they just like to be like yeah we read a book we read a lot of uh yeah. psychology textbooks for this show yeah, we like, like to flex that knowledge sometimes like we also got a, we also got a listicle um <laughs> with the revenge killer, with that bioweapon guy, they were like, he's either going to do it because he's like a kid or because he's got a vendetta or like a political message. They love um, their listicles early season, do. huh? Yeah. I will say, though, that they don't do the thing where everybody gets one. Um, Reed <laughs> says the first two and then Hosh just takes over. Hosh is like, and the third type. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, they yeah. they kind of stop doing listicles after this season, don't they? They're like, we don't need you guys to know all of the four types of assassins. I mean, there are like sometimes there are, but it's more like, well, what could, what would make somebody break like that? And they would be like, oh, it could be a divorce, it could be a death, it could be like a love job loss, like they do stuff like that, but they don't get like, there, this is an assassin. Here are the four types of assassins. We don't get so much about that. Yeah. They stop bothering to teach us about profiling at a certain point, And that's when this show actually gets good. Yeah. Or like <laughs> after this, when we like learn about profiling, it's usually from like a side character who has read a lot about profiling being like, look how smart I am, BAU. And the BAU is like, I will not remember your name when I leave this building. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Glad you're excited. But um, I, I, I've already forgotten your name. <laughs> um, okay. And they say they need to figure out the delusion. And then they can figure out who the killer is. So then her manager comes in. I didn't look up this actor's name, but he is that guy from House. Yeah, he's he's also famous. He's also more yes. famous than Criminal Minds yes. is. He I is, saw him and is, I was like, oh, is this like pre your blow up? Because you're very famous now. Um, Yeah, it's Peter Jacobson. Yeah. Uh, and this I mean, is... This was 2006 or so. Yeah, I think this is pre... And this is pre his tenure on House. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was Dr. Chris Taub, Taub on uh, House. Yeah, he's the one who like cheated on his wife. <laughs> Got a divorce. He was oh, really shitty. Oh, fuck that guy. No, he was really shitty in that show. But I mean, you know, it's not a reflection on him. Yeah. Um, That character was bad. Uh, anyway, he shows up and he's like, yeah. um, my, my client, I have a client. Can we go somewhere private? And the detective is like, we're all working on this case. And he's like, okay, well, she got a note. She's here in the lobby. And they all go out to, like, see the note. Oh, no, no, no. Derek grabs Reed. Reed and Derek go. Uh, and the note is, like, it's a tabloid of the story of Natalie being killed. And written on it is, you owe me. And everyone's like, whoa. And they all, like, pass it around. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're, like high schoolers with gossip at lunchtime. They're, like, yeah. oh, did you see? Did you see this? Hey, did, did you, you see this? this? Hey, make sure, detective, did you see it? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Reed and Derek go over and it's Lila. And Reed goes, Lila. And she like smiles at him. And then it cuts to them all in the bullpen in, doing the interview. Um, And then they ask about Natalie Ryan. And Lila's like, we weren't friends. We were just a casual acquaintances in the same business. And then they mention the producer. And she's like, yeah, I met with him about a part, but I didn't get it. Actually, oh no, they did cast Natalie Ryan. And then Derek is like, you owe me. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel so sorry for Lila Archer this episode. <laughs> Everybody just says shit around her and she's like, okay, but what does that mean? Hey guys, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, somebody asks, like, have you noticed anyone watching you or following you? And they're like, this is Hollywood. And she just starts like listing the people that are around her all day. And it's like my agent, my producer, my manager, makeup artist, set artists, like the camera crew, other actors, like just that's like naming people. And then they're like, has anything odd happened? And this is where she says, I get flowers on the 7th of every month, red anemones. And we never find out what the 7th, the significance of the 7th is. Maybe it's the weekend that they spent together was like the 7th. Yeah, I have to imagine that was it. They don't mention it, though. They don't mention it at all. No. 
Um, so then the BAU is like, oh, it could be because of you. They want to kill because of you. And she's like, I have to go. <laughs> she just she's leaves. like, okay, but can I just go back to my job now, please? Yeah. And then Reed like follows her outside and um, it's just starts like talking to her like, well, we think it's this and that, like whatever. And she's like, okay, but like what happens? And they say, oh, you know, he says like, oh yeah, the killer, you know, it's going to end up by the killing themselves or trying to kill you. And then he just like goes to commercial. And I just wanted to be like, Reed buddy. How have they not enrolled Reed in like bedside manner classes? How have they not walked him through what is acceptable they, and what is not? They cannot acknowledge that he has a disorder of any kind and therefore True. they cannot address it. And so if they, they acknowledge he needs help, they have to acknowledge that he's autistic. And if they acknowledge he's autistic, then they have to make him good artistic representation. But if That's they just true. say, ha ha, he's so quirky and girls like that, then we don't have to acknowledge it. And we don't have to make him good representation. I hate the writers of this show so much. <laughs> so true. Pick a fucking side and stick with it, buddies. Exactly. Um, just very angry about all that in general. As okay. As we always are. Okay. And then, okay, I wrote down Broken Mirror because this really reminded me of the Broken Mirror episode. They start talking about it's a compound profile. This person is an erotomantic, meaning they're a stalker who thinks that the other person, normally of a higher standard, is in love with them. And if they feel betrayed, then Uh they will act out with violence against the object of their affection. So I was like, Mm -hmm. so Broken Mirror. Yeah. They did the same thing in the same season and expected us not to realize it because that was episode like three and, and not a celebrity. 18. And this is episode 18 and now it's a celebrity. Like, but it's it's the same. I'm so sorry, but it is the same thing. Um, and I also wrote no JJ question mark. We got about this far into the episode where I went, hey, wait, <laughs> where'd she go? Wait, she's not here anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then Hotch says like, Erotomantics can be either male or female, but it's probably a single man with a lot of time to be able to stop. Yeah. And then it cuts to them on set. And the producer is like asking Lila to stop working. He's like, you can come stay with me. I'll take care of you. Blah, blah, blah. Clearly it's supposed to be a... Um, red herring right you're supposed yeah, to because her manager is like very he's like a good guy yeah he like cares uh, a lot like, about her yeah he like actually gives a shit and god forbid um, and god forbid a man care about a woman and not want to either fuck her or kill her um he he genuinely just does seem like a nice guy who cares yeah and so criminal minds is like guys isn't this weird hey hey guys isn't this weird how he gives a shit so weird. Isn't it so weird he, he like wants Isn't to take so care weird. of his client? Isn't it so weird? <laughs> I was actually really upset when this when the I manager died. I'm not gonna upset. lie to you. I was genuinely upset. And I then you find her. out when you find out that like he had like he knew that a photographer had nude photos of her and he was like paying to keep them quiet. You know, like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, I was extra like he was like a dad figure to her. Exactly. And that's yeah. what they wanted. They like kind of got that across after he died. Once he's <laughs> dead. like, oh, yeah. man. Um, so then um, Mags comes over to Lila in her chair and is like, here's the updated script, whatever. Oh, and you have this note date- taped to the do- door of your trailer. 
Okay, we need to make a quick pit stop. Uh huh. Catherine Winnick, who plays so Jensen. hot, so hot. Yes, so One, hot. Yes. <laughs> um, two, she plays Lagatha in Vikings, the television show. Which... Yeah, and she's been on that show for like ever, hasn't she? That show's been on for like seven years now. Yes. Um, my wife has recently begun watching that show, and mm-hmm. she is fully obsessed with Lagatha. So and true, James. So true. And I was sitting there and I was watching the episode and I went, God dang it, she looks familiar. <laughs> I was like, I was like, clearly, if I'm like, she's familiar, then she was probably on an episode of Criminal Minds or Personal Interest, one of the two. And so I yeah. open up IMDb and I'm like, oh, she's <laughs> this character. <laughs> and I just kind of was like, listen, bestie, I was ready to love Lagatha. But now, <laughs> I don't know. This character's kind of... It's okay. Uh, it's okay she's... because she's hot. <laughs> it's okay. I was just going to say, she's, she is beautiful, though. I wish they had... Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, We're not, like, objectifying women, by the way. I just want to, like, make that c- clear. No. We're not being gross about it. It's just no. fun to be like, wow, she's hot. Because no. she's hot. So We're allowed to experience sexual attraction to women, and it's, it's not creepy. So true. I'm also allowed to say that men are cute, like this detective boy who I can't get over. I love him. Like this little boy detective. (laughs) He's a whole ass grown man, but he's also my baby, baby boy. (laughs) I mean, I call Aaron Hutchner my floppy head boy (laughs) 24-7. Yeah. Okay. So true of us. So they're in the trailer. Uh, I like watched this episode and I was like, did they just like use the criminal minds? like, Like use one of their studios? They absolutely shot most of this on a lot because they were in like... like, Did they just like pick someone's trailer? Whoever had the neatest trailer? They were like, this one will be Lila's. Like... (laughs) Literally. And it's also so weird because like... The... Because I've seen behind the scenes of the Criminal Minds set and when when Lila's like in her chair, I'm like looking at the walls and I'm like... Oh yeah, it's absolutely is- just a sound stage. I was like, I was like, this is Criminal Minds' actual real life set. They just yeah, <laughs> zoomed out they a just, little bit. <laughs> literally, they just zoomed out and threw some fucking beach props behind him, and they were like, "Perfect, we call it a day." Like, that was probably left over from some fucking yeah. music video that shot there or something, and they were just like, "Hey, uh, can you guys just like leave that up over the weekend? Actually, we really need that. Thank you." Yeah. And like, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Okay, they say the soccer sounds like someone she knows. Uh, we should take her to an undisclosed location. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, I'm right here. And she keeps being like, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to like do it. Like I've only got one more scene left. And so they say, like, okay, well, you know, the set's only essential personnel now. And then Mag sticks her head in and is like, Lila, they're ready for you on set. Um, and Lila goes. And Reed like so clearly has a crush. Um I have to say, I did think they did they did very well of like letting Meg sort of like be there, but also like fade into the background. Because if you're just like a PA, you're just right. running around doing a lot of shit for a lot of people. And I like that they were just like, yeah, on a film set, you don't know everybody at yeah. every point in time. I'm pretty sure I like knew it was her right away, though, when I watched this the first time, because it's like the person, the courier shows up with one of those like orange envelopes, envelopes. Yeah. and then mags walks up with the orange envelope and is like here's that script and i was just like oh 
It's you, like it's you though. I had okay. totally forgotten the twist of this episode until they got to like to the very until they got to it, and I was like, "Wait, hold up! I feel like I should have remembered this more, but I didn't." <laughs> yeah, I did. I do remember it a lot because it's another like, "Oh, wonderful!" Our second lesbian character of the show. I love um, it. Love it for us. Okay, Reed has an obvious crush. They realize the manager may be targeted because um, the note the note that. Lila got was I have always been so good to you why would you go to the police and that's how they realize that someone she knows like I've always been so good to you um and then they do some like I have always the verb tense blah blah but they don't explain like the context like if someone says I've always been so good to you it's not like the verb tense tells me it's like oh they're saying they've known you for a while you know yeah it was like it was like they explained it without actually explaining anything. It was odd. I don't know. I didn't like the way they like did that. Um, gotta seem smart. Um, gotta seem smart. Yeah. And then so they realized they're like, okay, you know, now who is this person gonna think is in the way? It's going to be the producer who took her to the police. Oh, I'm sorry, the manager who took her to the police. Yeah. The thing that gets me though is like, obviously he does show up dead. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like he's Gideon leaves the set, and by the time he gets to the manager's office, he has been shot. Mags showed up and said, Your aunt need to be on set. You're needed on set. Like, so the manager leaves. Mags mm-hmm. gives Lila the note. Mm-hmm. Then Gideon goes to the manager. The manager's already dead. But I they're feel all like there still had on to have set. Been more time in between there. Like, like there had to have been more time, right? Like they stopped La- for but, dinner or gas Max, or Max has a no because Lila and Reed are still on set when they oh get the news. God. So like, did Max just like Lila? You're needed on set, and then just like ditched work. Like she's working. She's on set. That was the thing. I was like, they literally made it impossible for her to have killed this man. Because also, because, like, because even if she had said, like, you're needed on set and left right then, Gideon left, like, two minutes behind her. Well, motorcycle versus car in L.A. traffic is there. You can shave a lot of time I there. Yes. So, yeah. But, like, it's the just other the other thing. I mean. Number one, she had home field advantage of knowing how LA. to get to the manager's office and knowing L.A. better than Gideon and L did. Sure. The other thing, I mean, like, yeah, I... But, like, she has a job like on there set. there was more time. Yeah, but, like, you do, obviously, like, you do have shit to do on set, but you can also just tell somebody, hey, I'm running an errand for this other producer, and they'd be like, okay, sure, whatever. Oh, I guess because she's, like, a P.A., you run around she doing has, a lot of shit that's not I mean, necessarily always on set. That's true because we do see her as a courier with the script. Yeah, so, so she I feel like could have been like, "I have to go drop a script off." Yeah, because okay. you can you can always be like, "Hey, I'm running an errand for this producer," and somebody will be like, "Yeah, sure, go enjoy your time." Right. Or like, just that makes sense. If somebody asks or calls and asks where you are, you're just like, "Oh yeah, I'm on an errand for this other person." Because right. like, if it's down to essential personnel, um. There's not a lot of people there, so, like, true. you can kind of sneak out easier and just be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so called and told me to do this this thing, right? 
Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so then Reed's on set. He apologizes to Lila for being insensitive. And she does a little like, well, you were just doing your job, right? And he's like, I mean, yeah. And she's like, okay, then. There's nothing to apologize for. Like, clearly she wants him to be like, no, I, I, I was taking care of you. Like, you know, some like. Yeah. <laughs> and he obviously does not pick up on what she's putting down. Um, oh, but then he like drinks his Diet Coke. And she, like, drinks the coffee and is like, this is so bad. She's like, you don't mind if we share, right? And just takes his Diet Coke and he's like, go ahead. And immediately, as soon as he's like, yeah, you can drink out of my bottle, Derek's head just goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Derek is like, sniff, 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 sniff. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Derek's little bullshit sense went off and he was like, oh, what? Yeah. And then There's Lila hands it on? back. Lila hands it back and Rita immediately drinks from it. He's like, gotta get the germs, the girl Fucking germs. weirdo. No, I love it though. It's very cute. Uh, and then Derek, but Derek immediately comes over and goes, Oh, I don't mind if you share my drink. And, and Reed's like, Shut up. And Derek goes, Go get him, lover. <laughs> Which I did think was funny. It kind of contradicts what we get from Derek later, but I did enjoy that little. But Derek yeah. being like, Derek being like, Ooh, <laughs> go get him. <laughs> That's cute. Okay. L, Hotch, Gideon, go to the manager's office. He has been shot in the head. He's also like, his expression is so funny because he has one of those fucking Bluetooth headsets in his ear. And even his arms are laid out like he was talking with his hands while he got shot. He died like- I think is so funny. Yeah. He died like he lived talking with his hands. <laughs> God, that should be on my headstone. Um, yeah, and then they're like, he was a threat to the stalker, not to Lila. Uh, and then, and then they're like, JJ's still keeping an eye on the press. She's <laughs> JJ, out there. She's doing stuff out there off screen. She's busy off screen. And then I wrote because of Reed's and Lila's relationship. Okay. Now they're like, forget it. I don't get what she wants. We're taking her off the street. We're denying the stalker access to her. Um, Lila and Reed go to her house. There's a marked car outside. Um, they find the nude pictures in the office michael had new pictures of lila and they find out that her manager was paying to keep them quiet probably so then they're like well let's go talk to the paparazzi so derek and detective kim go to talk to the photographer they go to his studio he's not there they burst in with guns uh, and they find just like a bunch of pictures of lila everywhere and then they find her call sheet which is as Detective Kim so nicely explains it, the schedule of when actors need to be on set. Yeah. I love that they had to have a moment of like, this is what a call sheet is. Yeah, it did make me laugh. Um, so they're like, it's got to be this guy. Uh, and then um, it cuts to Spencer and Lila at her house. She's clearly not worried. She's like, yes, I've got this skinny boy in my house. Magic's going to happen tonight. <laughs> Um, and he's, like, trying to give her, like, tips. Like, oh, you should cut those butches. Oh, you should get a guard dog. Like, change your phone number. Um, and then she's, like, he's, like, looking at the, like, you know, collage on her wall. And he, she's, like, what, how does this one make you feel? And he's, like, I don't know, but I'm I'm feeling something. Uh, cute, cute boy. Uh, and then she's, like, I like it because it's, like, life. Obscure. Difficult. <laughs> Girl, you're a pretty blonde woman in Hollywood. Ugh. It's not that difficult, huh? She went to Juilliard. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your life is so... So difficult. <laughs> I don't know anything about her upbringing. I don't want to 
be too rude, but also her and but Spencer also. comparatively. She is yeah. a woman in a sexually objectified city, but like Spencer isn't exactly living the high life. I don't know. Okay. That that's as far as my analysis is gonna go for there. <laughs> um yeah, they go, they see the photographer, so many Lila photos, etc. As they're leaving, the courier we've been seeing shouts and oh shoots at Derek and Detective Kim and hits the detective with the shoulder. Uh, R.I.P. him. No, he's fine. Uh, Yeah. And then it cuts, they call an ambulance, and then it cuts to J.J. and Gideon with Derek by the ambulance. Uh, And I wrote, J.J. And she just says, I'm going to have to keep the press at bay. This is going to, like, be big news. (laughs) She just leaves. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Bye, JJ. I'll miss you. Um, yeah. And then the detective, like, they're like, he'll be fine. Like, he got shot in the shoulder. He'll be okay. And then the detective, like, flashes Derek a peace sign. It's like, later. <laughs> He's literally, like, in the ambulance and he just, like, puts up a <laughs> peace sign. I was like, I do love this man, though. That's some cute boy shit right there. <laughs> that is some cute boy shit. That's some cute boy shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Reed is looking at that fucking collage again. Lila shows up in her robe and she's like, I'm going for a swim. And she takes her robe off and he's like in a bikini. She's like in a bikini and Reed's all like, uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> um. And he's like, no, what are you doing? He's like, you're, someone is trying to kill you. Like, can you stay in your house? And she's like, five minutes, please. Uh, and then we do see that the photographer is there taking pictures. Um, and then she pulls Reed into the pool. Oh, no, no, no. She's like, get in the pool, Reed. Come on. I wrote, she's so dumb. <laughs> she is so dumb. Uh, and then he's like, no, no, no. And then she pulls him in and he's like still wearing his gun. And then he actually sounds angry for a moment. There's a moment where he's like, and I'm wearing my gun. Great. Now my gun is wet. And he also, like, where's his phone? Probably in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> that does not come up. He does use his phone later. But you're so right. Like, yes, you're so right. Bad. And I was, but I was like, good on you, Reed. You should be mad here. Like, she is being terrible. Uh, but then they make out in the pool. Gross. Uh, he won't stop talking, I wrote. Um, and Lila's like, don't worry. Like, there's a cop car at front and coyotes in the back. Like, we're fine. <laughs> and then he starts being Lila. I do have to tell you something. I should have already told you, but I got to tell you. And I was like, is Spencer going to be like, I'm a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> no he's just gonna ruin the mood in an yeah. entirely wild way yeah. we do know in canon reed has slept with at least one person um because we get a moment a few seasons in where he's like i've had sex with someone and he says it just like that which really makes it sound like someone in college was like all right come here <laughs> <laughs> and then never again um Anyway, it's no, he doesn't tell her that he's a virgin. He says that Michael, her manager, is dead. And he's like, sorry, I didn't tell you sooner, but like I had to tell you before we went any further. And then she gets really mad that he didn't tell her sooner, which I was like, this is kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Because like if she if he had told her sooner, then um she might have been more uncooperative or been more like angry or something, you know. Um, but also, but I also think she would have been more 
likely to take it seriously because after this she yeah. begins to take it very seriously. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, if she's yeah. being flirty and funny and like not taking it seriously, I think a good way to like Yeah. Is like get her no, into the like zone yeah. is like, no, your manager died. Also, she has a fucking right to know. Yeah. He's obviously like a father figure to her. Yeah, and literally Spencer is like, oh, I can't tell her she's gonna be devastated. Like, hey, Spence, that's not your job, though. Like, your job it's is It's not to your job her. to decide right. when somebody can or cannot process the emotional pain of yes. losing a loved one. Now, it's I your job like, to tell them and let them do that. It was, I'm like, the emotional manipulation. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and it, then, Yeah, it just was weird. It's like, it's like yes, I want to be, like, good for him for not, like, having sex with her before telling her. But at the same time, like... She would not have been kissing him if she'd known. You know, like... Exactly. And she wouldn't have been in the pool if she had known. Right. Like, if he had just been open with her like an adult, she could have been making decisions like an adult. Because right now, all she knows is she's getting weird letters and a couple of people maybe related to her might have died. You know, like, there's nothing, like, really firmly connecting her to this case. And so she's being a little like, why is everyone taking this so seriously? You know, and if she had been like, oh, shit, they killed this person I really cared about. This is 100% like about me. I'm going to stop being so shitty, which she does immediately afterwards. You know, it's like this should not be Spencer deciding what she gets to feel, what she's allowed to know. And then when he's mad about it, um, Gideon is like, I ordered him to not to tell you which is which not is again true. another one of those fucking gideon moments where he's like i just i don't like how it's all about spencer and spencer's feeling and what spencer gets to do and she never gets to have the full clear picture of what's happening like she should be allowed to say hey spencer i didn't like how you handled this you should have told me i'm a grown-ass adult just because you have a crush on me doesn't mean you get to withhold information from me. But instead, Spencer never learns not to do that. He just learns that when it happens, women get mad. And then also Gideon will be there to have his back. And also it feels like the Gideon thing that he did with riding the lightning. Right, Gideon he decides. he was about to tell the son, you know? Yes. Like. It's just like Gideon let Reed learn from this experience you know don't fucking cover his ass yeah i didn't i just didn't like that and then okay so speaking of covering his ass so (sighs) while they're in the pool or whatever she's out and he's climbing out of the pool um derek comes up behind the photographer and then oh my god derek has a gun to the photographer's head and he says give me a reason what the fuck i was like to kill a man to just murder a dude and who is like, doing his job? Admittedly, it's a skeevy piece of shit job, but like... Also, like, was it... Okay, last episode was the stenographer episode, right? Um, Yes. So, like, literally last episode, they're like, oh, man, this actual serial killer had to die. That's so sad. Then this episode, they're like, I will shoot this man in the head. Give I'll me just a shoot reason. this random guy. Yeah. They don't even know it's actually him. And it's not. It's not actually him. He's a skeevy piece of shit, but it's not him. I was like, y'all, you criminal mice, you cannot flip flop like this. Uh, I mean, it can. They will. (laughs) Right. And Uh, they will continue to do so. Elle goes around to Spencer and he's like, oh, I uh, fell in. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And then the photographer is like super mad about being accused. 
he's like, whoa, whoa, killing people. He was like, every, he's like, every celebrity photographer is a stalker. You have to be like to get the photos first. Um, and so Derek like hauls him away. And then Elle is like, well, you won't be making money off of this. And then she pulls all the film out of his camera, which one, that's the strong evidence. Two, she's holding the camera with his bare hands. And then she's like, you're welcome. And like gives Spencer the ruined film. And also, let me fucking go back to it. I think it's a digital camera. No, it's a film camera. She rips the mm-hmm. film out of his camera. That's why, remember, they were in his developing room. All the pictures on the wall. He has like a developing I know, but I think room. the camera that they use as a prop. Oh, was a digital camera? Is a digital camera. Oh. I don't know where the film came from. Oh, it's supposed to be in the show as a film camera, but maybe they use a digital one. They they probably didn't me... want to fuck around with the film camera. Anyway, yeah. I was I was like, L, you are literally destroying evidence. If this is the guy, this camera matters so much because he is a stalker who takes pictures of her. And it's literally just a cover of Reed's ass. And yeah, the prop they do use, by the way, 100% a digital camera. Ugh. So lots of problems here. I just was like, I was like, L. What the fuck, L? And like, why are they all just handling it with bare hands? Like, I just like I don't like that everyone keeps fucking covering for Reed. Like, no, there should have been an episode where they're like, Reed, I get it, you're a lonely kid, but like, not even a kid, you're a lonely twenty four year old. Like, you're a fucking adult. Act like it. Exactly, you're a federal agent. I'm sorry you're single. I'm sorry you don't go on dates, but this is your goddamn job. Like, I'm sorry you suck at pretty much everything, but, like, get it fucking together, dude. Like, this would have been a great way to begin a maturity arc for Reed, you know? Like, he had his bad date with JJ. Now he's after another blonde who happens to be, like, a victim. He goes too far. She ends up hurt by the situation emotionally. And then he has to be like, what are we going to do about it? And then even the end of this episode just, like, perpetuates him being like, Ha ha ha, I did a cheeky, un, you know, uncouth thing, but it's fine. Like, no, this is not okay. Like, this what if JJ... Show. What if there was an episode where JJ, like, slept with the hot brother of a victim? You know that whole episode would be like, excuse me? You know? Like, even her flirting with Will, or Will flirting with her in that episode, the whole time it was like, this is inappropriate, this is bad, stop flirting with me, et cetera, et cetera. And they were, that was a detective and an FBI agent. That wasn't an agent and a victim. Like, this should have been an episode where we learned, like, sometimes it can be hard to separate. Like, think about, here's a little spoiler, where Emily wants to adopt that one girl, and Hotch is like, you need to think like an agent. Like, this should have been an episode where someone said, hey, Reed, you can't do this shit. You're an agent. This is your job. She's a victim. Why are you putting more emotional turmoil into the situation? And instead, he gets a free fucking pass, and they literally destroy fucking forensic evidence for him. And also, he even is, like, aware of it. He talks about transference while they're kissing. He tries to. He tries to. And, like... You're a grown man. Yeah. Push somebody back if you need to. Like. Uh, it, it, yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's the same thing. Like Gideon was like, if I stay in this room, I will end up having sex with this young lesbian. Reed take is like. Take some fucking personal responsibility, you fucking fools. 
yeah. I just I had a lot of I had a lot of problems with the way he was treated in this episode. Um, and it only like continues. Treated like a fucking baby. <laughs> and it only continues the way he is babyfied. Um, anyway. And it gets worse from here, gang. <laughs> it only literally only goes downhill from here. Okay, so Lila's in like her robe or whatever, and looking at the mosaic. And Reed comes over. He's like in a hoodie and sweatpants, and he looks cute. But I hate his fucking hair in this season. Um, it does. It looks yeah. so bad. Lila's like, you can't trust anyone in Hollywood. Like he was the only guy that I like trust. Like I haven't been able to trust anyone since I was at Juilliard. Uh, and then Reed is like, Juilliard. Wait, didn't you say you used to live on like Houston Street, Houston Street? And she's like, yeah. And then he like starts looking at the mosaic and it starts like pulling out pieces of things. And you're like, uh-oh, we're going to get a montage. But instead, he's like, no, I am going to have to cut this into pieces. Yeah. You were like, oh, so it's not just like a. We don't just got like a magic read montage. We actually like do have to cut this picture up. So they yeah. do. They cut it up and it has like her whole life. Like it's like pictures from her childhood. Like, that's my summer home. Oh, you're right. Summer home. Her life is so hard. Her life is so difficult. Summer home. Um, Yeah, it's like pictures. And Parker Dunley has a picture on there. Which that to me is like, I get it. We needed some connection to Parker. But like, why would Mags have put a picture, like Parker's headshot into this mosaic, you know? I guess it was the same reason to like throw people off the trail, I guess. But she, but she, like, like, there's nothing connecting. I guess, like, Parker Dunley could have said, Mags gave this to me, which, you know, he does later. But, like, she wants Lila to look at this and think of her. Why would she put some, like, do, and it wasn't even a picture of Lila with Parker Dunley. It was, like, literally, like, that actor's headshot, like that IRL headshot of the actor, you know? Um, so then, so then uh, Lila's like, oh yeah, Parker Dunley gave me that. And they're like, oh, that's Reed's friend. So they go back to the art show and they're packing up and the lesbian is there. Um, the lesbian. I mean, she is. And she like is the whole thing like, no, hello. Makes sense. I didn't get a goodbye either. <laughs> and then she's like, Parker! <laughs> she literally like, they could have done that. They could have just yelled. And they didn't. They waited for her to like. She just gets to say yell. her piece, which also then, again, lesbian. Lesbian. She he should have shown up, and she was like, "Wow, can't handle a little teasing." And instead, she's like genuinely sad. She didn't get to have sex with Jason Gideon. I cannot imagine looking at Jason Gideon and going, "I wish I could have had sex with that man." Of all the men, he's gonna on pull a team, hit. He's gonna <laughs> slip a disc or some shit. Like you know he would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know that Jason can pull though. He has several dates in the seasons he's here. Don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Don't okay. talk to me about that. Uh, Parker Dunley's like, okay, yeah, I gave her the collage, but I didn't make it. Fine, like I lied. Um. He wanted, like, young stars to come into the gallery. So he, like, someone gave him the collage, and he claimed it was his. And then he says it was Mags. He, like, went to Juilliard with her, works with Lila now, and said, like, Mags gave him the art and was like, can you give this to Lila and say it was from a secret admirer? But instead, he said that he gave it to her. He made it. So then it cuts back to... Can I also just say, Parker, kind of a gay ally. If he oh, did that for her, 100. little bit of a dick, but kind of a kind of an ally. Kind of an ally. He's like, hell yeah, get it, get together. 
Sure. sure. I am going to tell her that this is from me, though, just to... Yeah. Just because I am still a man. I, I am still a man. I would also like to sleep with Lila Archer. <laughs> um, yeah, so then uh, you find out that Lila like, got Mags her job on the show. Oh, it, they, there's a lot of like cuts in this episode that just like cut to Reed being like, oh, okay. Like learning the information that we, the audience, have just learned. There's just yeah, a lot of those. They don't do phone calls good this ep. They it's really just, don't. It's just like weird. Like someone will find out some information and then it'll cut to Reed being like, oh, okay, I'll tell her. And then hanging up the phone and it's like, that's weird. Uh, yeah, so he tells like, it's Mag. Like, do you know anyone named Mags? Mags Dunley or Mags something. Um, and Lila's like, yeah, we were friends at Chiliard. I got her, her job on, on the show. Um, and then Mag calls her on the phone and Reed's like, she's your stalker. And of course, Lila's like, no, no, but like, she doesn't believe it. So she answers it. um, And Reed calls Penelope and is like, we need an emergency trace. And Penelope's like, okay. And starts typing real fast. Um, But then it's, yeah. And then we see like, we're we're looking in the mirror and there's that cool, like pink and blue lighting. uh, And the bisexual lighting. So true. (laughs) So true, bestie. Uh, and we see the helmet, and Mags is there on the phone looking at some necklace. Uh, and you're not quite sure where she is. She's like in a bedroom. You can see it in the mirror. Um, so Mags is like, I'm tired. There's so much upset in the world, really. It's exhausting. And you're just like, all right, dramatic queen. Okay, I guess. She's, she's like, I miss you very much. I just had to say that. And Lila's like, I'm right here. I see you every day. And Max is like, it's not going to go back to the same as it was. And then she says, remember that weekend in college when your heat broke and you stayed with me? And Lila's like, huh? And Max is like, you remember. I know you remember. And Lila's like, oh, yeah. But like, that was for only that weekend, Max. You know, and Max is like, no! (laughs) I just like, in that instant, my heart just like jumped out for Max. I was like, imagine being like a closeted, you know, queer woman. I don't want to say lesbian because we don't know. A closeted queer woman in college in love with your best friend. You spend a weekend together. She sleeps with you. And you're like, holy shit, she does love me. And then like nothing ever comes from that. I mean, I would not become a killer. But... Like, yeah, that, still does that, do murders. And then you stay best friends with her for years and years, you know? Yeah. That's that's rough. It's hard. That's kind of fucking rough, honestly. Again, doesn't excuse all the murders, but... But it'll fuck you up. But that will fuck you up. And I wish they would have actually dived into that at all. Because that would have made the end of this episode much better than it is. Like, they could have had, an, like, the fact that, like, no, I don't want to say, like, blame on Lila, but the fact that Lila did not have to say, like, I'm sorry for leading you on. You know, I'm sorry for making you think that. You know, like, it was like, Lila did know she was, or, you know, Lila did sleep with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then at uh, least it's implied co- that way. They never say right. the actual words, of course. That's very implied. And then very implied. And then never mentioned it again. And Lila just assumed that it was a one-time thing for both of them. 
you know? And like Max says later, like, why did I love you? You don't know anything about me, you know? Ouch, yeah. And we see Lila like out with other friends, not with Max. Until that moment, we do not know that Lila and Max are best friends, right? There's nothing in the episode that lets us think they are. Like, I think Lila should have had a moment where she went, you're right. I have been ignoring you. And you're right. We but did like, have this queer moment. Ma- Max had keys to her house. It's not as though like Lila just like ignored her either. It's like That's they're true. still kind of friends. Mags had keys to her house. But it was like Lila went out to this art show. Why wasn't mm-hmm. Mags with her if they're best mm-hmm. friends? Yeah. Lila keeps saying like I haven't been able to trust anyone since Juilliard. So why isn't she holding the girl she could trust close? It's just so... I mean, it's complicated. It's complicated the way these things are. You know, it's just yeah. like you have Queer the emotions are so messy. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It was like you have the opportunity of actually like having a conversation like, hey, we slept together one weekend. Clearly it meant more to you than it did to me. And I'm sorry if I've continued to lead you on. Even if it was just that, even if Lila was like, I didn't know how important that weekend was to you. We should have talked about it. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize how important it was, you know, like even if there had been some, even if it had been like a throwaway, just something that put like gate, put some of the responsibility for that. Like it, what Mags didn't trick Lila into sleeping with her, you know? Like, Lila stayed over, they fooled around, and then they clearly never talked about it again. You mm-hmm. know? Like, this yeah. is two sides to a relationship. Yeah. You know, doesn't excuse murder. Do- but- still doesn't excuse murder, but... <laughs> right. But if they'd had a conversation early on, maybe none of this would happen. Um, okay, anyway. Yes, Max has keys. She's inside the house. The call, the call is coming from inside the house or whatever Literally, that fucking Penelope line. says that. <laughs> Penelope is like, is Lila's address this? And Reed's like, yeah. And Penelope is like, Reed, the call is coming from inside the house. They literally just took that line. Exactly. They literally just said it. And I was like, that's funny. This episode does not earn a funny line like that. Uh, <laughs> so then they go into the bedroom. Oh, I said Spence has a wet gun and shitty hair. That's what I he thought. does have a wet gun and shitty hair this yeah. season. Yeah, you're yeah. correct on both counts. They There's a crash. They go into the room. Maggie has the gun. She wants Lila to go with her. Um, and she keeps like calling her stupid and ungrateful. I feel like we needed more of Lila's backstory. Because all of Mags' delusion comes from this supposed history together, right? Like, we don't even know Max is her best friend. We don't know... They went to Juilliard together, you know, and then Mackie is like, I made you, you're stupid and ungrateful. Like, I would have loved to know how Lila, like, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. You know, you like, you don't, I mean, we know that Lila got Mags the PA job, you know, mm-hmm. but is it like, did they share a shitty apartment and Lila got to go on auditions all the time while Mags worked a menial job to pay the rent? Like, you know, like, we don't know what their history is at all together, you know? So, like, clearly, like, yeah, you know, Lila's talented and stuff. Like, of course, she's, like, getting these roles. But we don't, like, Maggie literally could have been, like, supporting her full-time 
until Lila made it. And now Lila lives in this big house and Maggie's Mags is still in that shitty apartment. You know, like, like was Lila using the fact that Maggie had a crush on her? You know? Yeah, I feel like we didn't learn anything about anybody else except for read this episode. Yeah, like, like what if it, what if the situation was, right? They sleep together this weekend and nothing comes of it. But Lila is like, now I know Max has a crush on me. So they go to Hollywood and they get a shitty apartment together, fresh out of Juilliard. And Max is working all the time while Lila is going to auditions. And Lila keeps being like, oh my God, thank you. Like, it's so nice of you to support me. Like, it's, I'm so happy. We're such good friends, you know? Like, doing all of that straight girl shit to get the queer <laughs> girl to love her, you know, to, to keep doing things for her. And then when Lila gets famous, we don't ever see them hanging out or talking ever until yeah. the end. You know, like, if that's the situation, I am a lot more sympathetic to Mags. Obviously, yeah. no excusing the killing. But I still no murders, but right. but you get where she's coming from at least. Like this, it's like mm-hmm. literally like who is this crazy woman? Like, oh, your best friend got famous and now you're angry at her for not being gay. You know? Like there was it's so much so weird. more to the situation they just didn't give us. They could this episode could have been so good if they actually gave a shit about the queer undertones that they set up. Yeah. This episode could have been so good. Two lesbians. In the same episode. And yet, and they never meet. <laughs> they never meet. The like, murders what if there was like being fun and artistic. It's what just if there like, was like, what if there was like this under story of like Mags and Pinky are dating? And Ma- <laughs> but no, but like, listen, listen to me. This is real. This okay, is not. I'm listening. Perfect. I'm listening. Okay. Like Mags and Pinky are dating and Mags is doing it to try and make Lila jealous. But when Lila doesn't care at all and instead just starts dating Reed or whatever, Mags can be like, nothing I do is ever going to get your attention. So let me start killing. Like the only thing more I can do is kill the people for you. You know, like if there had yeah. been some sort of escalation, because she's killed, I mean, three people, which is a lot, but three people very recently. So like, what was the trigger? You what know? were the like, steps before that? Right. Like that's like, like, yeah, they just were like, they'll get it. She's a crazy lesbian. They'll get it. The audience will get it. They'll get it. You know, when like really we could have had some like, you know, and then it was like if Pinky and, and Mags are dating, then we get to see Mags hanging out with Lila, you know, and we get to watch her be jealous. We never see Mags be jealous of Lila. We never see any of that. They could have really like gone into what exactly like a trigger event was and they could have like really gone into this. And later we get, I'm not, I won't be too spoilery, but later we get like more complex, I guess, queer unsubs. You know, it's still like my parents were homophobic and now I'm a murderer. But but we see, we get that much at least, you know. The next episode is also, I believe. What's the next episode? A queer unsub. It's machismo. Yeah. The next episode is similar to this. Machismo. Yeah, it's 119 Machismo. Yes. Yes. Like, why did they just decide with this one? They were like, these two episodes, they're going to be the queer ones, and one of them we're not going to think about at all. (laughs) The other one we'll think about a little bit more, but this one we we won't think about at all. Yeah. I just like that a lot. Anyway, now you've heard our rant. Um... Reed is like, you're too late, Maggie. She loves me now. How about that? Um, And Maggie's like getting confused. And Reed's like, yeah, Lila, tell her how we kissed in the pool. 
And Lila's like, yeah, we did kiss in the pool. And then Mags like flips out and tries to shoot Spencer and he like tackles her. And then she's like, she is begging to die. She is like, please, I would be so much happier if I were dead. Like, we don't earn that. We this episode doesn't earn that, and I, I, I as a queer person, mm-hmm. relating as you've we, you've heard us relate to this character, mm-hmm. understand. I get right? it. Yeah, but I don't think the episode has done any of that work to get us there. Like, if this was actually a story about a queer woman who had fallen in love with her straight best friend, and her straight best friend had done like. You know, they had stepped together once a couple years ago and now her straight best friend keeps like, haha, you have a crush on me. And it just kind of like pushes and pushes until someone who's already unstable snaps. And yeah. then when she is confronted finally with like, this person is never going to be able to love you back in the way that you want, she begs just to be free of it. You know? Yeah. Like, that's earning it. This is not earning it. Max is a non-character until the very end. And all of their history together is shoehorned in. Yeah, we went to Juilliard. I got her that job. And now she wants to kill me because we spent a weekend together once a few years ago. You know, like, it's just like, it's not earned. And because it isn't earned, I'm angry that they just had a queer person snap target the object of their affection and then beg for death because it's so hard to be queer. It's just they don't I think because they spend so much of this episode trying to trick us into thinking that the unsub is a man they go oh he had her kneel down you know so on so forth like we talked about earlier. We think it's Michael we think it's the photographer. Yeah. They spend so much of this episode focusing on who the unsub isn't. They never glance at who it actually yes. is. Yes. And Kristen, uh, Catherine Winnick is an amazing actress. She could have done yeah, th- so Yeah, that last scene, well I was like, wants. okay, girl, fuck, get it. Okay. Yeah. In Viking, she plays a queer woman. Her character has a whole relationship with a lesbian. Um. <sighs> Missed opportunities. What if I just started a new show called Liminal Blinds and it's just <laughs> every episode but better? Every episode of Criminal Minds, but better. Welcome but to better. Liminal Minds. Welcome to Liminal Blinds. Liminal Blinds. Subliminal Blinds. Okay. Maggie's begging to die, and then Reed won't. Reed's like, we'll get you some help. That's what he says to her. Did you also notice how fucking horrified Lila Archer looked in the background of this scene? Yeah. She she like, literally actually as- acted and like looked terrified and kind of sad. It was like it was odd to me because like when Maggie ha- is holding her and is like has the gun to her head, it was like Lila was like, "Oh wait, you're actually a lesbian." Like it just was like I don't know. Like when Lila's like, what are you talking about? Of course, I don't really think about that weekend at all. Like the second she finds out that Max does, she's like, oh, that's what you're fixated on? 
And then once the whole, like, they've been, like, tackled or whatever, and once Megs is literally begging Reed to shoot her, yeah, she's, like, up against the back wall with her, like, knees on her chest, yeah. like, looking genuinely sad and distressed. I, she, and looks like, like, she looks like you... she's... Yes. What, what happened? Where's your brain at, Lila? It's like she really was like, I've been violated. Like, that was, like, the vibes, the whole, like, vibe that I got yeah. from her. And maybe that's me being a queer person projecting onto a straight woman you know rejecting a queer woman you know but it was just like all of a sudden she was like deeply uncomfortable with like oh my best friend's been gay this whole time she had his keys to my house yeah like she's in my bedroom it was just such a weird like there was like no emotion and then there was like a lot of emotion there and i don't know how you got from point a to point b and we also don't really learn what she was like sad about like in the ending scene it's literally all just like oh will Reed will she and Reed be able to make it work like that's your best friend you just found out has been in love with you for years to the point of snapping murder yeah begging for death and Lila Archer does not give two shits it's just so yeah it's real shitty I like I hated Lila Archer this whole episode. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. From her, from her being like, oh, someone's trying to kill me? Forget it. To her being like, oh, my best friend is the killer and also gay? That's, ew, she's so close to me. And then being so like, gross. oh, well, she's dead now, so it's fine. Hey, Lila, you were just talking about how she was the only person you could trust because you hadn't been able to trust anyone from Juilliard. And now, like, she's dead because of all these repressed emotions and you didn't notice she was struggling and also she's been killing people for you and then she literally begged to death in front of you and you're just like okay but Reed are we like actually ever gonna get to have sex or (laughs) am I I ever gonna get to climb you like a tree or what (laughs) I was like I hate I was like I do hate this woman um yep so it cuts to the station in the morning JJ and Derek are like corralling the paparazzi the agents like, I got an interview for you to talk about being stalked. You might be able to do sixty minutes. And Lila's all like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to like use this for publicity. And the woman is like, it's a public service about stalking. Like, so many young actresses are stalked. It'll be fine. Um, all around weird. Read it's a life. weird vibe, but like, I kind of get what they were trying to do, but I don't like it. I think it's supposed to be like, you know, oh, the hustle and bustle of Hollywood never sleeps. Yeah. Um. But she also doesn't. Don't worry seem, like, about healing from your trauma. Just go right. back to work. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it was very odd. And then Reed and Lila are saying goodbye and they're both like trying to be like, Well, if you're ever if I'm ever in DC and like you're ever in LA, and it's like never gonna happen because the agent keeps being like, Come on, Lila. And then Derek and Gideon keep like appearing in the middle, being like, Reed, we gotta go. And <laughs> just like leave me again, being like, Reed, really just wants to get his ass out of here. Like he walks over to Reed, like from the other car, like 20 feet away, and he's like, Hey, we need to go. Hey, Reed. Like, we're all waiting. <laughs> like, calm down, old man. Jesus so Christ. Crazy. He's so mm-hmm. upset he's going to have to miss his daily watching of yeah. Days of Our Lives or something. Yeah. Lila's like, will I be able to call you? But, like, obviously they're too busy to make it. And then he, like, puts his hand on her shoulder. And she, like, squeezes his hand between, like, her shoulder and her cheek and, like, rubs it all weird. Like, I get it. They can't be, like, affectionate to the paparazzi. But it was, like, this weird, like... <laughs> I'm just gonna like like, rub my hand yeah like I'm just gonna rub my cheek on your hand like a cat like it was so weird um then they show the jet 
from the outside and then they're back at the office <laughs> no inside the jet just like they did fly home together you know uh they did okay fly home. they're at the office late reed is looking at a tabloid of lila and derek is like hello hollywood um which is cute reed is like i did kiss lila in the pool though um and Derek is like, well, you know, you were her hero. Like, you took down an unsub, unarmed, without hurting without firing them. firing a shot. Yeah. Like, hey, that was, like, a real person that was Lila's best friend. Like, what? what's worse? Lila having to watch her tormented best friend beg for death or seeing Reed shoot her? Like, what? Like, <laughs> anyway. Um... Reed asks, like, have you ever, like, had someone across that boundary? And Derek's like, me? No. <laughs> That's, there's a line. Like, <laughs> um, But then Derek is like, it's fine. Like, you just messed up. It's okay. No harm, no foul. Uh, and then we do get Leather Jacket Derek. Ooh, Leather Jacket Derek. Leather Jacket It's so good. It's so good. And then um, I did, like, Derek, uh, Reed goes... Hey, Derek, have you ever wanted to be with a woman for more than one night? And Derek is like, no, Derek is like actually offended. <laughs> Derek is like, are you calling me a dog? Like, hey, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, yes, like, Can thank you imagine you. just walking up to your coworker and being like, hey, do you ever feel like being not a whore? <laughs> yeah, like, it was like, what he did. It like, just oh like really, it really tells us how Reed views Derek. You know, like it yeah. really is like Reed is like, and that's Derek. He sleeps with a lot of women and never calls them back. It was like, hey, Reed, your coworkers are also people. Like, I know you think yeah. you're like the best person, but like they are also people. Um, and Derek is like, you know, our job, like it's hard enough to have a relationship in the same city, you know, and with a job like ours, like it's very, very hard to have a relationship. So I choose to hang out with women, have sex with women. Keep you know. it more casual. I prefer to keep For it casual. everybody involved. Yeah. yeah so that everybody not- involved turns out happier. Like- right. And we, we, never see re- we never see Derek, like, ever in the whole show, we never see Derek, like, pretending, like, oh, yeah, we'll sleep together this time and I'll definitely call you. We never see that. And here's a little spoiler for when Jordan shows up. But when Jordan like knows his name and he doesn't know her name, he's genuinely like, I. Oh, shit. Did I fuck up? Yeah. He's genuinely like, how do I not know her name? Like, why do I not know her name? And, and, you know, Emily teases him like, oh, you sleep with so many people. You don't know their names. And he's like, no, like, (laughs) I know the names of the women that I sleep with. And I, I don't know who that is. You know, and it turns out he didn't know her, you know. Um, but I just don't like this kind of, like, like, the show tries to put this player image on Derek. And I think this is the first time Derek kind of, like, pushes back against it. Yeah. Like, Derek, Derek is like, I love sex. I love women. But both of us are consenting adults. We both know this is just for one night. There are no expectations. And I, I would not be surprised to find that Derek has a few girls that he does sleep with multiple times you know yeah and they're aware that it's just hooking up you know just a casual thing yeah because he's like our job makes it very hard to have a relationship and it's it's hard to have a relationship no matter what and especially with this job you know and i appreciate that 
that they didn't make him just like, <laughs> no, I just love the ladies. Like they did give him like heart, you know, because Derek's a good guy. Um, oh, and Derek is like, you will eventually have the like, keys. Reed is like, so you're telling me not to call her? And then Derek does say like, it's a decision you're going to have to make, but you don't have to make it tonight. Which is like, okay. And then Reed throws away the magazine. And then a second later, picks it up. And then he like puts it in his bottom drawer, puts files on top of it, shuts the door and leaves. And that's what the episode end is like, will he call Lila? The answer is no, she is never mentioned no. again. Uh, <laughs> she does She does never get mentioned ever again. Um, they couldn't afford Amber Heard. Probably. After that, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> they were like, listen, we got her for one episode and then she blew up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the whole episode. Wow, that's amazing. the whole oh. episode. We had a, I had, you know, we only recorded for an hour and a half, which is a long time in like life, but for us, not that long. I'm surprised that, yeah, that was not very long for us. I was looking at the time as we were wrapping up and I'm like, oh my God, did we do the impossible? Did we? <laughs> Record in under two hours for once? Wow. Jay, what do you rank in this episode? Um, I don't know, like a three maybe? A three? Okay. No, like a two. No, okay. like a three is fine. A three is fine. Did they say the episode title in someone's the episode? Watching. Somebody's watching? Yeah, I think that like someone's been watching you. Alrighty. Which isn't exactly, but I think it counts. I think it counts. I'm also... I'm going to give this episode a four because it has memorable characters, even if it is a garbage nothing burger. <laughs> and also, I feel I like we've been on a real low recently, so I feel like I need to like kind one. of try and pump us up. <laughs> yeah, um, The last I, three episodes I, that we've done are fucking <laughs> zero three and three for you those have been your last three <laughs> rankings <laughs> to be fair the zero is the tribe i feel like that earned it that earned it but we have been really low on this season in general we were i was we're higher in done. the beginning i gave a couple like eights didn't i in the beginning you gave a couple eights you gave one to natural born killer and derailed and then uh unfinished business but then that was it that those I have gave been it, your I highest gave, ones i gave an eight to derailed yeah you did Okay, good. That episode, <laughs> for all we talk about it, it's earned that eight. <laughs> I know. We mention that episode all the time because that's one of the few episodes that I can remember the title to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, also derailed that. train episode. Yeah, I got it. Like yeah. every other episode this this season, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck, what the fuck the title would be. I don't know. I re- this podcast is making me remember the titles to things, um, but it doesn't mean I remember what happens in them. We're so close to the end of this season. I know we're really close. Does it ever hit you that we hmm. are going to become experts on criminal minds more so than we already are? I was just going to say, B, like, do you know how much I know about criminal minds? Here's the thing is like, we are in a weird way experts on this very bad TV show that we love to hate. Does that ever like hit you? But like, um, it wow. hits me when I'm standing in front of my television taking pictures of fucking police reports to learn what date an episode takes place. <laughs> I'm like, am I going too far with this? <laughs> Is this too much? 
<laughs> like, is hey, this, this episode this takes place. Uh, this episode takes place on Valentine's Day. No one's mentioned it. That's weird. Like, that's me. I just sometimes it hits me that it's going to take us fifteen years to finish this whole fucking show. Shh, shh, shh. Don't mention it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. I I do think I'm becoming a better writer because of this podcast. I like go to write stories and I'm like, oh wait, I need to do this thing that we talked like we've talked about building character in this way. I should, you know, make You need sure to make sure that it works backwards and forwards, basically. Right. Yeah. Like I'm about to start a new story that I'm like, I know how I know all of the pre-story stuff and I know how it ends in great detail and I know none of the middle. <laughs> but I'm like, that's all I need. That's all you need. You just need to know enough I know to how, write I know it how backwards they, and forwards. I know how they solve it. And I know what they know at the beginning. So I can just piecemeal it all together until we meet right in the middle. Perfect, Roman exactly. Roman Reigns does not like to do that. Roman Reigns doesn't always do that. Yeah. Next okay. time on Wheels Up, we are going to be watching Season 1, Episode 19, Machismo. Our first non-US episode. Machismo. We're in uh, Mexico for this one, gang. And I'm sure we're going to treat it with the absolute respect and honor that it deserves. And I'm sure Criminal Minds is not going to be vaguely very racist. I'm sure it'll be totally fine and chill. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. I'm sure it'll be perfectly fine. I'm sure I, a Hispanic person, will not be upset with Criminal Minds' portrayal of Hispanic people. I'm sure it'll be totally great. We're almost done with season one. Yes. That's episode 119. We only got four episodes left. So if you have friends who you want to get in on this podcast, now's a great time to do it because we have a whole backlog of episodes to go through and we're almost done with the season. It's going to be so great and so much fun. As always, you can find us on all of the social medias at Wheels Up Pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Now I made that the other day. (laughs) (laughs) And, um,. If you want, I always forget to mention this, but if you want, you can send us voice messages on Anchor uh, to tell us about corrections or things we fucked up. Or if you just have something that you want to make sure that we mention in a future episode, leave it there because I listen to all of those. They come right to my email inbox and I jolt out of whatever activity I'm currently doing. If I'm sleeping, I sit sit straight up like in a horror movie and I'm like, (laughs) I have Anchor messages to listen to. (laughs) That's all for this week. James, give me an ending line. As Spencer Reed says, I've known you 48 hours. I feel like I've aged 48 years. Me at Criminal Minds. (laughs) This episode aged me in ways I cannot explain. Uh, This show has, I watched this show all the way through.